Yeah, I mean, it is a thankless job. Um, we don't get into this job, you know. We don't yeah. we don't do this for the for the recognition. Yes. Um, but when you do get recognized, it's it's awesome. I remember John Conrad. I don't know if you saw after Lahaina Luna had won the state championship okay. in wrestling, there was a picture of his team carrying him. He had the trophy and they were carrying him. I think that uh-huh. that's awesome. I mean, just just those moments that mm-hmm. that make it you know extra special. I had a moment at, at state wrestling. I had an athlete who made it to the state final mm-hmm. in his weight class. And um, he had battled injuries through the through his through his season. He was a football player, and then um, before his match, he told me, "Hey, Reed, we made it." I'm yeah. like, "No, right, you made it." You know, but yeah. it was just like those moments that, yeah, definitely, you know, NA, NAT, well, National Athletic Training Month. You know, mm-hmm. show your athletic trainer some aloha. I think the the theme this year is providing healthcare everywhere, mm-hmm. and I mean, we're in the middle of the Pacific, so I mean, yes. we're we're catching that. Welcome to the HNL Movement Podcast, where everything is geared to leveling up your performance in activities, sports, and life. Join me in my professional journey as I share my knowledge and experiences while also learning from professionals, colleagues, clients, and you with one goal in mind, how to optimize human performance. This is the right place to learn how a multidimensional approach will sustain the performance and lifestyle you desire. Welcome back, everyone, to the HNL Movement Podcast. Thank you for tuning in for another episode. For any of the new listeners out there, you're in the right place to hear about everything that helps you to optimize your performance. Listen into discussions on sports medicine, rehabilitation strategies, strength and conditioning and performance training techniques, and sports nutrition topics as well. Go check out the previous library of episodes, a lot of great guest interviews and solo topics that will help you to achieve more. All of my returning listeners, thank you again for joining for another week. And for everyone out there, share these episodes with family, friends, teammates, coaches, anyone along their journey to try to improve, grow, and reach higher levels of performance. You can listen to the audio clips on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And I'm also putting up video highlight clips on my YouTube channel that will match this audio content that you're listening to. Today, I have another great guest joining me, a fellow athletic trainer. And one of those athletic trainers that I looked up to, he's seen me grow through my career. And we have none other than the Hawaii Athletic Trainer Association's president, Reed Takano, who's also an athletic trainer at Kamehameha Schools. As you've heard in the previous episodes, March is National Athletic Training Month. So in celebration of that, we talk a lot about athletic training, his journey, what drew his interest in this profession, and all of the great experiences that he's had. Everything from the NFL level to the high school level and how he helps and supports these athletes as they grow both on and off the court. Without spilling too much more, just remember, in honor of Athletic Training Month, Go thank and show appreciation to all of the athletic trainers who's helped you along your journey. This is a great episode to listen to. We dive into the topics of athletic training, the profession, and no matter who you are, if you're an athlete, if you're a fellow athletic trainer, if you're an athletic training student, there'll be things that you can take away from this episode that will help you along your journey. I'm excited for this one. Let's jump straight into the episode. Welcome back, everyone, to the HNL Movement Podcast. I'm excited for this episode. As you know, it's been... National Athletic Training Month, so I've been trying to do topics according to that. And we have our HATA president, current HATA president, which is the Hawaii Athletic Trainers Association um, here in Hawaii. And we have none other than Reed Takano. He's also the athletic trainer at Kamehameha Schools, but it's so great to connect and welcome to the podcast. Awesome, bro. Thanks for having me. Yes, there's going to be a lot of things that we're going to talk about, and we're just talking a little bit before we started recording. It's I like talking to all the athletic trainers because... For me, I feel like I'm still in the beginning of my career, so I don't even know all of the struggles when, you know, we're trying to get athletic trainers into all of the DOE schools. Hawaii is one of those schools or one of the states that has, if not one, most schools have two athletic trainers in the public schools. Private schools have athletic trainers as well, so it's a unique state that there's Mm -hmm. a lot of coverage statewide. But before we get into all of that, you know, real briefly, we won't go too in-depth because we want to talk about athletic training and all of that. But talk about, you know, when you were growing up, sports and all of that, how did that help your interest in pursuing athletic training? Yeah, in all honesty, I mean, I, I grew up in Kaneohe. Uh, I played soccer, um, and that was pretty much the extent of it. I grew up playing soccer. I'm a graduate of Kamehameha. I got in in sixth grade. So I played soccer my seventh grade year. Um, okay. And then once I hit high school, I, I started paddling. I, we, I knew we had the facilities then, but because, you know, paddling is an off-campus sport, 
Um, I, I never really used the athletic training room. Um, so my story is really not a, you know, sustained an injury. And now <laughs> I'm, you know, and because of that, spent all that time in the athletic training room. Now, now I want to pursue a career in that. I just, it was something I kind of stumbled upon. Sports, you know, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed watching sports. You know, I, at, at, I was not a great athlete, obviously, you know, but um, having watched sports for a while, you know, I, I just, um, it was something I wanted to do. My, my, my passion as far as how I, become an athlete, how I became an athletic trainer was more because of teachers. It was something I kind of stumbled upon. I, I, my initial aspiration in high school was to be a math teacher. Got it. Yeah. And um, I mean, at, at Kamehameha, we had relationships with, um, with, with teachers, just their interactions and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they just have such profound impacts on, on, on a lot of kids that you know, they wanted to become teachers as well. Yeah. So my junior year, I had a math teacher, Miss Milan, who... Who had that impact on me and then that's kind of what i thought i wanted to do so i attended uh looked into the you know went, went the educational yeah. curriculum route um looked into some math, cl- math math classes and as i took some of the more advanced classes the classes were taught by tas uh-huh. and the more advanced and the more complicated the classes got it seemed like the less english the ta spoke it was like a lot of them <laughs> were english wasn't their first language so yeah so i I thought, okay, maybe this, you know, I kind of lost interest real, real quick. But I thought, I still want to work with kids. So I thought maybe PE. Again, I wasn't an athlete, but, you know, I, I wasn't totally out of shape. I thought, I, you know, I, I, I could be a PE teacher, maybe mm-hmm. not necessarily a coach. <laughs> but uh-huh. kind of looked into the PE curriculum. I had a friend that was in the <clears throat> athletic training curriculum at the time. Mm-hmm. I contacted the curriculum director at UH. It was Dr. Buxton at the time. And mm-hmm. I took his... His introductory course, Introduction to Athletic Training. It was a summer course. I, I aced that. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually got into the program and, you know. The rest is history. Fa- yeah, fast forward 25 <laughs> years, I'm, I'm here on your podcast. Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, you know, that's interesting because all of us, you know, growing up in Hawaii, there are sports that were always around, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you're not an athlete, right? There's still exposure to sports. So, at Kamehameha, only paddling? Or did you still play soccer like on the side or club or anything? No, I, I kind of like seventh grade. I, that was kind of it for me. Yeah. And then I, I was more maybe a social butterfly, you know, I mean, I, I kind of, <laughs> yeah. but then, you know, paddling was, it, it had a lot of pluses to, you know, you, you practice uh-huh. at the beach, you know, we practice at, at Alamona Beach Park and, uh-huh. you know, it was your, your ocean, you know, it's, it's, it yep. was, I don't want to say it was a cool thing to do, but it was fun. I mean, we had, we had some grueling races. ILH races were, were, um, were distance races, mm-hmm. um, but it, it was still, still fun. So I stuck with that from, um, from my I think my sophomore year I got into it, and I, I you know, got it. Yeah, I, I, I did. you even paddle senior. like in college? I no, I you know I wanted to, but uh-huh. because of the schedule of athletic training, yeah, you know, it's just when clubs practice, that's when we're working. Yeah, you know, so I mean, I, yeah. I had a cousin who was paddling with a club, and he was trying to get me. I said, I, I just don't have the time for it, but you know, <laughs> I. I'd love to, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe after retirement, that might be my, my bucket list thing. Try, <laughs> yeah. try to do a Molokai Hoi or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a senior crew, I don't know. Get into paddling again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's so interesting. And I think for me too, there's always stuff that I can relate to with every guest. And I was kind of similar, you know, people have heard me in snippets that I didn't even know what athletic training was until I was 22, 23 years old. I was like, what is athletic training? And then that's the first exposure I walked into, mm-hmm. you know, well, actually, ironically, Dr. Stickley was the first athletic trainer I ever met besides uh, Kevin Chang at Moanlo. Okay. But I never, ever worked or, you know, went in the athletic training room. And Dr. Stickley is now obviously my advisor. <laughs> but then the first time that I actually walked into athletic training room was the UH athletic training room. So similar to you, right? Mm-hmm. Getting in contact with the program director, taking these class, and then you're aut- automatically hooked. That's yeah. kind of the way that I fell into it, too. So at Kamehameha... Did you know that there was athletic trainers? I, I did know okay. that there was. I, I want to say at the time, I mean, not everything's electronic. You know, mm-hmm. like um, you submit physicals and whatnot, it's all electronic. You submit mm-hmm. it on a portal and um, there's not a whole lot of paper exchange. But back in the 80s, you know, everything was hard copy. So uh-huh. um, I know we had to submit paperwork to the school and that's where, where they kept it. But I, I did know uh-huh. there, there was there was a facility. Um, Cindy Clivio, who's, who's there yes. now, I think she started like my... I mean, not to date her, but, you know, <laughs> I think she started my sophomore year, maybe my okay. freshman or sophomore year. But yeah, and she's I mean, she's a she's a fixture. Yeah. She's she's a she's yes. one of my mentors. You know, so. Yes, of course. So you've kind of seen, you know, the progression at Kamehameha schools, too, and come full circle. Right. You're working mm-hmm. at your alma mater. But even back then, 
you know, the facilities, the personnel, resources, all of that mm-hmm. has grown a lot, which we'll talk talk about in a second. But let's get into okay. Now you took this intro to athletic training course, right? Got interested, realized that okay, maybe math isn't as interesting, but I still yeah. want to work with people. Yeah. I feel like that's the common theme for most mm-hmm. most athletic trainers is that you want to work around people sports too but you want to help them you know kind of behind the scenes or whatever that may be so talk about what was that transition like after you took that course and then now you got in contact with the program director what was the transition like i guess coming from a whole different field or major now you're immersed into mm-hmm. the grind of athletic training yeah. as a student what was that like that, well, that was it it was eye-opening you know i mean because i was looking at the pe teacher route mm-hmm. which would have been you know your more traditional hours summers off kind of thing and then and then you dip into athletic training where it's quite the opposite you know it's (laughs) afternoon hours you know it's in totally Mm non-traditional hours i guess taking that introductory course and and it kind of came naturally i I don't know what what i mean i i I don't i don't want to say you know i i'm far from an expert in the field you know but i'm I'm always learning but it was one thing that it wasn't hard to do well Mm -hmm. in that class of course as uh you know we took more um, it, it got more challenging, yeah. you know, mo- moving through the curriculum. Um, but yeah, it was something that I, I, I really had a passion for when I got into the program. You know, there was an undergraduate program at the time. Mm-hmm. There was a good amount of us uh, coming through the program and there weren't that many positions open up. A lot of us were waiting for positions mm-hmm. in the DOE. Mm-hmm. So I ended up uh, staying on at UH, started a, a master's program. I started mm-hmm. pursuing a master's, which I didn't finish, but it was more to kind of pass the time uh-huh. waiting for the, the school, the, the positions to open up in the schools. Mm-hmm. So I, I was a graduate assistant for the baseball team um, at the University of Hawaii. Mm-hmm. But just working in the training, immersing myself in that profession, I, I mean, I, I compare our experience to the, young, you know, the, the newer cohorts coming mm-hmm. through the program now. To an extent, they have it easy. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I, think, I think they really, we try to give them the full experience you know uh-huh. we, we have a couple of students at, at Kamehameha um, myself and Cindy and, and another one of our co-workers Ben we're, we're, we're preceptors mm-hmm. we all were kind of you know we're taught kind of old school athletic training where you know you scrubbing yes. coolers you know <laughs> yeah. you're there first you leave last yes. kind of thing and but yeah I mean I, I didn't mind the hours mm-hmm. you ask my wife it might be a different story you know because <laughs> we're, we're going out in college at the time and being a GA for for the baseball team that was a full-time job yep. in and of itself I mean it was you know, three, four day series, mm-hmm. you know, the weekends were, were kind of shot and one spring hit that, you know, I, I didn't see her a whole lot. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was something I loved and, and my wife knew that my, my kids now, they, they understand that. Um, it's just, uh, if you understand the grind of the, of the, of the yeah. profession, it's, it's easy to immerse yourself. Yeah. I mean. And I think for, you know, you and a lot of people, yeah, it's the long hours, it's the grind, but then it's really what you're passionate about doing, mm-hmm. helping the team, seeing them succeed, right? Getting people back from injuries, yeah. taking care of them. I think those are all things that, you know, when you look back, it, it makes it worth it, right? It's like, it's not, I mean, yes, long hours and all of that, mm-hmm. but it's not something that you don't want to do. I yeah. think you would, you know, you could agree, you would probably rather do this than be a math teacher. Right? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so all of those things, it kind of, it's it's interesting how how much work, especially you know, in the beginning stages when you're just trying mm-hmm. to work up to the level, wait for DOE positions to open yeah. and all of that. It is a grind. And it's funny, you know, we'll talk a little bit about this, but I've only heard stories, you know. I feel like I feel like I got it easy compared to what you guys went through. <laughs> you know, like, I do feel that. But at the same time, I feel that, you know, I got immersed into it too when mm-hmm. I was at UH. And there's a lot of things that you know, I was just kind of like, yeah, we'll do with your, you know, with some supervision and just go for it right mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. i think those uh times especially when you think about being the ga for baseball right it's you making all of the yeah you have support but it's like your that's your team that mm-hmm. you got to take care of mm-hmm. i think when you get thrown into those situations that's when you learn the most and grow oh, yeah. the most because there's no one else that you can rely on exactly right? so talk about that a little bit i guess maybe your experiences or even experiences for aspiring athletic training students right how important was that for you and for other people like just immerse yourself in everything because if you don't see it you don't get exposed yeah. you can't really totally pick up these skills or gain that experience yeah, totally know? so that's what we tell a lot of the students that are coming to the the program now you know they have part-time jobs and i, I get it i mean you know, it, it, it's expensive to be a student now when i was in college uh was a bargain 
You know, I didn't graduate in four years. I, I you know, it, it, and I wasn't in a rush because it, you know, it wasn't overly <laughs> expensive. Yeah. But yeah, I, I tell our students when they, on, you know, their first day, you know, like an orientation meeting with mm -hmm. us, you know, we say, you know, you guys are going to get out of this, what you put into it. You know I mean? It's always, it always seems that the days that our students are not there, mm -hmm. something good happens. <laughs> yeah. You know I mean? It's just the, the more, you know, the more exposure you have, mm -hmm. you know, obviously the more you're going to see. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how our hours were, you know, at when, when I was a, a student at UH was right, right after our last class, you know, like right after lunch, uh -huh. you know, sometimes we'd open at 7.30, I think, and, you know, mm -hmm. we'd, we'd open through the morning. We didn't have the, the early morning. I think when under June Jones, I'm not sure what coach, yeah. you know, they, they started some early morning practices. Yep. Um, it was more for treatment. We'd open at 7.30 for treatment, um, and practices was still that traditional afternoon mm -hmm. schedule. But, yeah, I mean, it was the grind from, like, 1 o'clock till, you know, 7, 8 o'clock. And mm -hmm. this is as a student, you mm -hmm. know. I mean, on top of that, you had your, your schoolwork. Mm -hmm. And the curriculum, at the, you know, the athletic training curriculum is, is never an easy one. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, um, being able to immerse yourself is huge and and we try to help out our students as much as possible mm -hmm. i was i was fortunate when i had a part-time job and then once it was it was a clinical hours you know just just when i was a student the requirements were because it was an internship program it was 1500 hours over two mm -hmm. years and it seemed like a lot but you work a season with with uh football and you know you get a chunk of that mm -hmm. easily you know it wasn't hard at all and I think since then the hours have dropped, but um, I feel like students that come out of the program, you know, they, they graduate from the program, program, they get their certification. I try to base, no one is fully ready yep. to be on your own. Yep. I mean, I, I, I can speak for myself, but yeah. from, from personal experience, no one is really 100% ready. You know, you, you're yep. by yourself. Like from my first position was at Wailua. Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, North Shore, you know, resources are, you very know, sparse. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, very, yeah. And you don't have the luxury of a team physician like mm -hmm. at UH. I mean, you gotta, you know, you you have parents that you gotta call, and they gotta transport the kid. You make the call as far as you know. You know, do, do we activate EMS? And mm -hmm. and a lot of times, you know, when in doubt, you're gonna punt. Mm -hmm. You know, but again, such a rural community. I, don't get me wrong, I loved it out there. It mm -hmm. was a great experience, great families, great kids, tight knit community. But again, for that being my first job on your own out there, it was. You, you learn quick and um, you were by yourself yeah 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 and when you when you think about those early days like being a ga for baseball or even you know getting all of your clinical hours and then you know starting off your career at wailua are there certain things that you think really stick out that has helped you to this day or some key experiences early on that shaped you know your future in athletic training one of the biggest things for me and i still use this word today and it was Working under Eric Okasaki, uh -huh. his biggest thing was initiative. Yep. You know, take initiative. If if there's something that needs to be done, you know, do it. Yep. And if there's something that he's doing, that is something that you should be doing. <laughs> go, take, do you know, yeah. go, go do it. You know, I mean, you, you yeah. work with Eric, you know, so, yes. so you know. Um, and and that's what I feel like. A lot of the <laughs> I hate to say it, but a lot of the the newer students coming up, mm -hmm. you know, there's so many Eric isms. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Know, that um, when I ask the students that come through, you know come through you know with us as preceptors mm -hmm. i try to give them a little bit of an eric experience yes, <laughs> working yes. with us yes. um yeah i think um just taking initiative as far as specific incidents um when i was on the road um with the baseball team mm -hmm. we had it's not actually several incidents went, was, was on the road one was actually with uh Kamehameha football mm -hmm. um, but we had had athletes that you know flu-like symptoms kind of thing you know mm -hmm. and and just knowing who your resources are even out there you know yeah. so so when i was with the baseball team we had someone who uh he he felt pretty ill but i uh i called called eric i mean it was nice to have him on you know yes. on, on speed dial at the time and then you know just just utilizing the resources he had uh -huh. um and, and 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 things but i think that'd be the biggest thing is knowing what resources are available yeah are available to you yeah no i think that's a that's a great message too because <clears throat> I think this is common among athletic trainers or, you know, you would think most, right? Is mm -hmm. that we're all there. We're on the same team. I mean, even if you're on opposite sides, like our goal, our job is to make sure everyone mm -hmm. stays healthy and safe. Yeah. And if something should happen, make sure that they get the proper care so that it doesn't turn into a more detrimental situation mm -hmm. than what it has to be. Right. And when you think about the resources, cause I mean, that's, I would say Hawaii athletic training community oh, yeah. is pretty close, right? Yeah. Like, 
you know like who's going to be there to help out you know what skill sets or what resources people have Mm -hmm. but even extending that like to the mainland right because obviously uh they travel a lot right and they're very far from home it's not like you can just call Mm -hmm. someone a couple hours away so you know establishing that network i think for not only athletic trainers but any healthcare profession the more that you can collaborate across disciplines and professions i think that's what helps to improve the quality Mm -hmm. of care for the student athlete or even just the general public right so Mm -hmm. that's something too for even for myself as a reminder but for all of the you know students going through programs now it's like you never know where your classmates are maybe mm-hmm. or where these people that you're working with at college may be right and then that network spans very far and oh, yeah. for most athletic trainers it's like you still can rely on them mm-hmm. you know they're just a phone call away and it's it's a good thing to be part of that profession or oh, that yeah. community yeah now so all of these experiences i mean that the initiative that's 100 percent key man we gotta like take initiative that's yeah. something that you know I take to heart too, to this day. Explain a little bit about what it was like. So this is when you mentioned that you were waiting for DOE jobs to open Mm -hmm. up, right? I'm guessing at this point, there was not even one athletic trainer at every single school, especially the smaller schools. Yeah, it was a tail end of the the pilot, mm -hmm. which I think was in 92. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know like legislation was was being pushed through um, to put one in Mm -hmm. in every high school. Um, and in 97 was when they finally got that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it was, I mean, it was a waiting game. I mean, th- there were offers on the table, you know, mm-hmm. com- coming out of uh, coming out of college. Mm-hmm. We were kind of waiting for the state. You know, everybody wanted to work yeah. for the state, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the whole um, get, a, get a state job yeah. kind of thing mm-hmm. with, the, with the benefits and all that stuff. So it, it was a waiting game. Um, but at least for me, it was part, part of my story. I don't think I, I mentioned it yet was mm-hmm. that I... I, when I graduated college, I got my certification. I graduated. I was I did my first of two training camps. Okay. Yeah, I worked at the San Diego yes. Chargers, and then so that was kind of summer going into the early part of fall. I did a part time position with Kamehameha, Cindy Clivio, got like it. my current boss. She was having her first child, so I was like a substitute. Got it. So that was like my my temporary you know I was uh-huh. temporarily home. <laughs> yes. You know, and then I worked. Uh, I was GA for baseball in the spring. Got it. The next summer, ninety um, six. I went back for a second summer okay. training camp with the Chargers. I, I got my, I'm, I'm getting old, so my years are mixed up. I, I worked at St. Louis. It was either St. Louis and Kamehameha or Kamehameha and St. Louis. But, okay. you know, in, in those two years, I, I worked one, you know, one, one fall at Kamehameha, one fall at St. Louis. Okay. And then baseball in the spring. Got it. So, 97, when the positions opened up, I guess my waiting game wasn't that bad because <laughs> of the experiences that I had. So, 97, the positions opened up in summer. Mm-hmm. I get a call from, from San Diego, from the head athletic trainer, who's a local boy, yes. by the way, Kiyoki Kamau. Mm-hmm. So I get a call from him saying that, hey, um, you interested in a, in a season intern position? Got it. Which is what you had with the yes. Lions, right? Yeah. So, so I said, bro, I'd love to, mm-hmm. but timing just sucks because the positions just opened up, so I had to kind of weigh it out. I'm thinking, uh, I, it was, I mean, I'd waited two years you uh-huh. know, for, for the positions to open up, and I thought, I don't know when the next opening is going to come across. So, uh-huh. so I... I don't want to say regretfully, because I think where, where my career path yeah. has taken me, I think I think I, I, I did okay. Uh-huh. But yeah, I, so I, I turned down the season internship position, yes. and I took a job on the North Shore. And I, I, I would tell the kids out there that, you know, I it was this, yep. or a position in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is true. And yeah, I, I wanted to touch on that too. So even those experiences, right, that you've got, not only the St. Louis and Kamehameha experiences, but seeing the next level at that time the highest level right or st- i mean still the highest level mm-hmm. but seeing training cap even it's really eye-opening with the work ethic not only mm-hmm. the level of play but the exposure that you'll get yeah. right and at that time because i know a lot of local athletic trainers have had uh, chargers mm-hmm. either training camp or season ex- yeah. experiences at those two uh, training camps were there any other local people from the program my first yeah both both years I had another UH okay. student was with me, and it. it was it was a it was a relationship that that Eric had mm-hmm. with um with the head athletic trainer yes. at in San Diego, and I think I think they had baseball roots, you know they they were like uh-huh. they, they 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 went back, you know yeah. they were so it was kind of Eric was the one to say um hey, you interested kind of yeah. thing, and I was like of course <laughs> you know yeah yeah, but so so the first one what was on Eric's recommendation, the second invite back was was you know. Yes, they invited me back, you know, uh-huh. because of my my work ethic or whatever. Yeah. But but yeah, I mean, just seeing that level, 
when you, when you come from from even UH, you know, D1 mm-hmm. football, mm-hmm. you know, you watch the one-on-ones, you know, yep. the, the, just the drills, and then when you watch them at the, at the pro yep. level, oh my good, you know, it's yeah. just, it's 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 a totally not the the competitive the level of competitiveness is is way higher. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're obviously they're getting paid. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're I have so many great stories yeah. <laughs> about <laughs> just what I've seen and. Um, when I was there, um, Junior Sale w- mm-hmm. was there. Stan Humphreys was a quarterback. Natural Means. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of mm-hmm. greats. You know, yep. um, I'd met uh, Gil Bird, uh-huh. um, and, and he had played with with Leo Goez. Okay. Leo Goez was with the Chargers for a little while, and he walked into the training room in in, in Jack Murphy Stadium, and Kyoki introduced me. So he went to the same high school as as Leo. <laughs> and he said, "Oh, you went to that racist school." Yeah, it was. It was, it was I mean, that's the stuff that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not the most you yeah, know, yeah. politically correct, but it was just yeah. you know, like like they knew the, you know uh-huh. the, the history you know the, or the not the history, but they, they knew. I guess Leo was talking about oh, it's, it's a it's you know it's it's a Hawaiian school. Yeah, you, know, you gotta be you have Hawaiian. You uh-huh. know. But yeah, I mean it was memories that I still today to, to this day I still yeah. I'll, I'll talk about. You know, I'm sure you have the same. Yeah, you know it's. Kurt Govia was there my okay. second year. I'll, I'll share a story about Kurt Govia's yes. son. We had a, I don't, mean, I don't remember who we played, but the, the day after the game, we had bumps and bruises, you know, treatment in the, uh-huh. and they just came in kind of, we had, you know, a time slot for treatment. So he walked in, he was one of the last guys to walk in, and he said, um, I go for some Popeyes. <laughs> He looked at me, why don't you get some Popeyes? I said, why don't you give me your keys? And he threw me your keys to his Porsche. So I take his Porsche out to get some Popeyes. And I'm like, I mean, this is just... Yeah, crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing, too. At that level, it's just like any other team. That's yeah. my experience. Like, even though these guys are getting paid millions and millions oh, yeah. of dollars, it's just like any close-knit team. Yeah. The jokes, the, you know, ups and downs. The banter, everything. everything. It's, it's just, just the same. Yeah, yeah it's just on more mainstream and more mm-hmm. eyes are on you now yeah. but that's the only difference and on top of that i want to touch on a little bit so you know everyone like through your career especially when you're deciding what to do next right and you had that little waiting where you had to mm-hmm. decide okay i'm gonna wait for doe and then it's good that you had options right it's always good to have <laughs> options but thinking about that because you're waiting trying to get a doe position right working at home right you're born mm-hmm. and raised here too so what was your aspirations, I guess, even before the seasonal opportunity with the Chargers came up? Like, did you aspire to work at the high school setting, college, pro setting? What was some of your thoughts back then? When I first got into the program, you know, you, you hear about these pro positions. And then that's kind of, the, you know, that's a dream. That's a dream yeah. And then Eric made working at UH look cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, he, he knew everybody. You know, yep. the, the guy was a king of schmooze and, you know, he could just... Um, and, and, and he was good at what he did. You know, I mean, you watch him tape. I mean, there's, there's so many things that, like, you know, my mentors, Eric, Kyoki, you know, Cindy, uh-huh. there, there's so many things that I, I, you know, I, I took from, from each, each of them. Uh-huh. And it, it's funny because my wife will see little bits of Eric in, in when I interact <laughs> yeah. with some of the kids. Uh-huh. And, and I'm, I'm proud of that, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but so initially, I, I thought, yeah, I wouldn't mind working on a college level, okay. you know, and then. Once I started in the in the high school, I, I thought, okay, you know, I'll, I'll take a job in the DOE, uh, and and we'll see what kind of you know what, what happens, you know. And I, I knew that when I when I started working at Wailua, it, it, as much as I loved it out there, I didn't think I, I would I would stay out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm from Kaneohe. You know, mm-hmm. I'd been to Wailua. Maybe I could probably count on my on one hand <laughs> yeah, how many yeah. times I've been to Wailua yeah. before that before starting working out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought that you know co- a college setting would 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 be, you know, would be where I wanted to to end up. And a lot of us kept an eye on, on positions at, at UH. But uh-huh. once I started working in the in the high schools, you know, I went to Wailua for six, seven years. Okay. Then a position opened up at, at your alma mater, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I was there for about 13 years. Once I kind of, I, I think that was more my niche was a high school. I, mm-hmm. Like, you know, because I, I, initially that was my, my dream was to work with high school kids as a uh-huh. teacher. And then when, when athletic training came along, you know, I, I, you kind of watch Eric and, you know, watch... Uh, just that that setting i thought this is this is uh-huh. you know this is pretty it's it's an exciting setting to be at yeah. but especially in hawaii high school sports is is huge yeah. you know i mean it's when when you get the intensity you know because uh the the postseason play and yeah. and you know you got these big matches it, it's you know it, you, you can't you know even even at wailua it's funny because one of my top games uh-huh. early on in my career was you know they're, they're they weren't as competitive uh-huh. you know but but um it was against. Uh, it was a JV game against Kalani, and okay. and we actually we, we squeaked out a win. 
and this was like maybe my first year there and I thought oh this is this is cool you <laughs> yeah. know it just been you know watching these kids compete and stuff um so so that's when I I thought okay yeah I, I can stay at this level yeah and then so I just kind of I don't want to say bounced around but you know when when opportunities mm-hmm. arose I you know I, I put my name in, in certain hats to see what would happen yes yeah. and you know it's yeah those are you know once in a lifetime opportunities but like you said I think it worked out for the better actually because yeah. and I I can relate to this again too because. Honestly, Eric was the Eric and Brian. They were the only ones that told me, "Oh, try to apply for the NFL." That wasn't even on my radar. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, like, sure. And then once I started going through the process, it was like, oh, maybe this can actually happen, you yeah. know. And then once you get hired, then it's like, okay, I'm here. And then after that, I kind of went through the same process in that super great experience. Wouldn't trade it for the world because a lot of that has helped me in mm-hmm. the future in my future career. But you know what it's like. I mean, in the NFL, you're just gonna keep bouncing around oh, yeah. until you get a full-time slot mm-hmm. assistance slot or if you want to go further and for some people that's their niche or mm-hmm. that's the lifestyle that they want right but me i'm just like you local boy at heart it's yeah. like you know i don't think that's where i really wanted to be and where i could make the biggest difference mm-hmm. granted i never thought i would have been stuck in a clinic for that long but even those experiences right you got to kind of decide okay where do i want to pursue next mm-hmm. and then for you i think in the high school like you said, you wanted to be a teacher, work around these athletes. Mm-hmm. I think you can probably make a bigger impact, I want to say, Why in not? the high school setting versus like college and professional. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the developmental phase, not oh, only yeah. with physic, physicality and injuries and stuff, even like the just... The mental side. Yeah, the mental oh, side, yeah. like watching them grow. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of development goes through oh, from freshman from, to from senior year. From 13 to 18, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then that's where, you know, just being around people that serve as role models mm-hmm. that support them. I think that's definitely something that you have provided in all of these different settings right so as you were moving around well i I can ask you now was it always your dream to go back to your alma mater at kamehameha you know what in in high school that's what i wanted to do i wanted to teach at kamehameha got it you know so so that i guess yeah in that sense yeah but then you know i attended uh and like i said it it was it was a bargain you know Mm -hmm. even even at that time it was like less than a thousand a semester (laughs) you know and so again i wasn't in a mad rush to graduate but um Mm -hmm. When I started, when I got exposure to, you know, D1 athletic training and, and just having that experience, I thought, okay, you know, college, you know, like, mm-hmm. like I said, college might be an interesting thing, but, and then we have the pro experience, mm-hmm. but in all reality with, with pro, you know, th- there's not a whole lot of job security. Mm-hmm. The money is great, you mm-hmm. know, obviously, but, but the, the job security that the head athletic trainer that, that I worked under, you know, he's, he's no longer in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So when he, I think his last stint with or you know he closed out his career with with the nfl when when june jones had left he was the interim mm-hmm. so around that time was when he was he was kind of getting mm-hmm. phased out and um because you know head coaches work yeah. with you know yeah. with, they would want to bring in their, their crew and that, that includes mm-hmm. the athletic trainers as well mm-hmm. um but yeah it was at the back of my mind when i started working you know i worked for cindy when she had her first child uh-huh. and i thought yeah this is this wouldn't be you know wouldn't be too bad and at the time You've seen our facility now. Yeah. And, and back when I worked, I think I was maybe five years out of, out of, out of high school. It was the same facility that we had had then. And mm-hmm. it, it, was, it was modest, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it was nothing like what we have now. No. Yeah. Um, but it's something about, you know, because I can relate to the kids, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, like the, a lot of the athletes we have now, I went to high school with their, with their parents. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a big family. You know, uh-huh. it's like it's, it's not just on the athletic training level. It's... it's the the whole ohana aspect you know mm-hmm. our, we have a, a great our, our medical services mm-hmm. program you know system is is it's, it's super supportive yeah so i mean i i couldn't i think i'm i found my home and yeah. i'm in my retirement job I think, <laughs> yeah. So. yeah no it's it's interesting how everything comes full circle yeah. right and then yeah. yeah like i don't even know how long it was maybe it was like a decade ago when you guys did the renovation maybe um, it was before i got there it might have been i probably get ripped for not giving the right date but <laughs> we'll just say yeah, about a decade, yeah, about a decade, about a decade yeah. yeah because i remember that it was around the time i was probably in the master's program that okay. either it was just getting completed or i don't know somewhere around that time frame and then i haven't been to many high school athletic training rooms mm-hmm. i've been to doe athletic training yeah. rooms, so you know nothing nothing with that too because you don't need like a lot of the bells and whistles mm-hmm. but i will say that kamehameha they're so supportive you know they did such a great job with the renovation not only with just like the physical equipment and resources but how you guys have collaborated what would 
probably rival a lot of like college setups because you have the strength room the main strength and conditioning room and the athletic training room adjacent to each other the communication and you know everything Mm -hmm. that's what you know most colleges and pro teams have so it's a really great setup and i think you know with everything you got going on not only the facilities but beyond that Mm -hmm. you guys can really offer a lot of services to the athletes right and make that difference again Mm -hmm. so talk a little bit about okay as you went to this transition you know, I just remember, this is when I didn't know you too well, but mm. I was thinking, man, you're leaving Moanalo to go to Kamehameha? I was like, oh man, we need we need a good athletic trainer. You know? But anyway, um, it was I was happy for you because you're going back to your alma mater mm. and all of that. But think about some of the differences between, this goes for any athletic trainer, I think, mm-hmm. and nothing against the school or whatever, but there is a big difference with like, I just want to say, you know, like the haves and the haves not have yeah. nots, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not saying that obviously public school they're going to have less resources allocated to athletics or whatever it is, but at that same time, that really brings out your skills to make sure that you can offer mm-hmm. all of the services that you need to offer that Kamehameha can offer, right? Yeah. So talk about that maybe a little bit, like in the high school setting, especially. I know a lot of athletic trainers out there they don't have as many resources. Mm-hmm. The budget is smaller, right? But how did you manage that? Or what were some of the things that you've learned from those early experiences in these DOE in, schools? Yeah, so in Wailua, the seasons didn't extend very long. I mean, when I was there, this was before the D1, D2. So okay. so we would play, you know, I think football was the only thing that was in the red, white, and blue. Okay. You know, so, um, so there are different levels of football. But other sports, you know, like our soccers, we played against Milani. You know, mm-hmm. baseball played against Milani. You know, so, I mean, we yep. played against the big dogs um, in the OIA. Mm-hmm. So the seasons weren't as long. At that time, everybody had the same budget. So whether you were at yeah, Lanai yeah. High School or if you were at Milani, you yeah. kind of had the same budget to work with. Um, so a lot of us had to supplement. When I moved to Wanlua, Kevin was selling like Gatorade. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you you seen you know, mm-hmm. he, and, and I think that same refrigerator is still in there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we we're selling Gatorade. And when I, you know, when he left, I took over. Mm-hmm. I continued the same thing. And then there was a wellness policy that that came in. Yeah. So we were selling candy, <laughs> yeah. um, like fruit punch, you know. And, yeah. um, then the wellness policy kicked in in the DOE. So I started selling water, Gatorade, granola bars. You know, uh-huh. if, if sugar was the first ingredient listed, you couldn't sell it, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But but that's how we supplemented our, our, our budget, mm-hmm. you know, as far as the haves and the have-nots. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, crutches, even... Um, at Moanlu, I would go to like Savers yep. and I'd buy crutches, you know, because mm-hmm. we hosted a lot of tournaments. I didn't want to give away brand new crutches. If someone mm-hmm. was a neighbor in the school, I get, you know, we would have, mm-hmm. we'd have a, a, a good amount of crutches, but, you know, mm-hmm. we'd buy them like a buck, buck 50 each. You yeah. know, from, so um, we were pretty resourceful. And even like as far as the rehab equipment we had, we took donations. Um, we, I had a, a PE instructor who would let me know when, uh, the 24-hour fitness, you know, when, when they're okay. kind of turning over their equipment and that's, well, yeah. let's, let's jump on that, you know. So, yeah. yeah, it was kind of getting to know who you worked with and who they mm-hmm. knew. You know, it's, it's like Hawaii. It's, it's a yeah. network thing. You gotta, it's, it's who you know. Yeah. And, and yeah, so that's how... So moving over and then, and then moving over to, to Kamehameha, it was funny. I mean, the last time I was in that facility or, you know, uh-huh. a, a part of that program, you know, like I said, we had a, a much smaller facility. Uh-huh. My first week there, Cindy Clivio tells me, you know, here's your key. You know, look in the storage room, look in the cabin, you know, kind of, you know, get, get familiarize yourself with yeah. what we have. And I'm like, like, you know, if you think we need anything, let me know. I'm like, we have everything. Know. You know, I mean, it was just, yeah. the, I mean, it's, the resources were unbelievable to the mm-hmm. point where now I'm six, I'm, I'm in my sixth year at Kamehameha. Mm-hmm. So we have kids that have, you know, left to go to college, mm-hmm. played sports in college. They came back to visit. And it's it's more, you know, if we have kids that go to the big name colleges, you know, we can't, you know, I mean, it, we have a great facility yeah. for, for a secondary school, but, you know, somebody goes to Oregon, you know, mm-hmm. you, um, but we have kids that, you know, they've gone to some of the smaller schools, they come back and they say, you know, I, I didn't realize how good we had it. I'm like, I'm trying to tell you guys, <laughs> yeah. you, know, yes. you know, take advantage of the resources you have. I mean, yes. it was, even for myself, I mean, knowing what, you know, or having a slight idea what what kind of resources Kamehameha mm-hmm. had, it was still very much eye opening. My my coworker Ben, mm-hmm. he came from Waianae. You know, we have the same experience. Yeah. You know, I mean, we when we came through, um, Cindy had mentioned early on when she had started that that their budget was not that big. Mm-hmm. You know, so it has it has since grown, and and mm-hmm. she's been pivotal in in making sure that yes. that that our our program is is second to none, and yes. it's it's been a great working experience. Yes, I mean, and you know, touching on that too, because. You mentioned this little earlier that 
you know, it's fun working high school sports, right? Mm -hmm. Because games get competitive. And in the big scheme of things, I would say like the OIA, ILH, there's not too many teams, right? Which Mm -hmm. is kind of a drawback in itself. But because there's not too many teams, I think that evens the playing field at the top level, open Mm -hmm. level or division one level and whatnot. And what I will say, everyone kind of knows this, is that Hawaii has some good athletes oh, yeah. like for sure when we match training and you know the right resources and getting these guys prepared i mean for our population right how many people are playing not only college level but even pro level right. and making you know that one percent elite level too mm-hmm. it's amazing that they're all coming out from this small mm-hmm. island in the pacific ocean right mm-hmm. so it's very exciting i think and then all of these supporting things whether it's resources for athletic training or other things facilities those i think need to continue to progress and keep up with the time so that we can level the playing field when it comes mm-hmm. to these resources and not just rely purely on you know natural athleticism yeah. right we have to provide these resources so that these young athletes can be competitive mm-hmm. so i think that's something to think about you know even if you're at a doe school or a high school that doesn't have as many resources still utilize some of the resources of people time and all of that and there's a lot of things that you can do that will in the long term make a difference Mm -hmm. you know elevate how you're performing on and off the field and all of that so it's it's very interesting to you know hear that perspective too i want to move on to you've kind of seen the evolution of getting more athletic trainers in these settings right Mm -hmm. and a lot of these like jobs in doe they didn't even exist before Mm -hmm. right and for all of you know the people before my time too you paved the way to getting these positions in the doe but even like my job at pro right that didn't exist like before right so all of these jobs you're seeing it these different settings non-traditional settings start to pop up you're seeing more opportunities in the schools itself right Mm -hmm. i always joke around because you know the private schools here you guys staff is turning into like a college staff right you guys are getting the numbers which is a good thing yeah. right because there's so many student athletes mm-hmm. and maybe in the next 10 years or so you might see that slowly trickle down to the public high schools mm-hmm. right maybe adding mm-hmm. a third position in the ones that have a big mm-hmm. program but talk a little bit about that like what is your take and what have you ex- saw i guess or witnessed over the years when it comes to kind of the growth of the athletic training field in hawaii as as far as positions i mean it was the that that era between 92 and 97 yeah with especially with the doe and um our curriculum director dr buxton cindy clavio Mm -hmm. a lot of people were were you know key stakeholders in Mm -hmm. in that in that huge movement Um, i remember going to national conferences probably late 90s and they would announce so somebody would announce something about Hawaii being, you know, the only state uh-huh. with, mm-hmm. you know, that mandated, and then people would applaud, you know, mm-hmm. at, at national conferences. So that was huge. We're, we're kind of the um, setting the standard. Yeah. The, the key part for getting these positions out was was, was the data. Mm-hmm. Was I mean, these positions have to be justified. When I was at Wailua, obviously I was by myself. Not not a not a huge program, but we kept good enough data that, that it justified a part-time position when the second right. positions opened up. When I started at Mwanlua, I was by myself for a year mm-hmm. before the second positions opened up and that was based on the data. Mm-hmm. So that would probably be the biggest trend uh, push behind mm-hmm. behind getting the second athletic trainers. And as far as the third, I think those positions are justified as well. Yeah. I mean, it's there, there was a time when, I think my first couple years in the DOE, Probably through when I had transferred to Mwanlua, we were actually counting treatments by hand. <laughs> you know, it was before you know everything was before everything was you know computerized yeah. and and kids could sign in you know electronically. Yeah. They did a you know we had a sign in sheet. They checked off you know I wanted tape, I wanted yeah. you know ice, this that, rehab, and then we would go back. So if you get behind a couple weeks worth, you you got <laughs> sheets of sheets you know just like individual. Okay, I did. You count that. Okay, I did. I, I <laughs> thirty ankles today. You know. Yeah, and that was how we justified positions was based on how much basically you know what kind of mm-hmm. tre- treatments you were giving and the numbers so that would be the i guess like i said the biggest push behind getting the second positions mm-hmm. um and and even then it seemed like as we got second positions they increase sports you know they they yeah. introduced like i think jv girls soccer is 20 mm-hmm. something years you know so mm-hmm. that was i mean it's relatively new you know I, I was in the doe when when they brought around 
when, when that when that program started. And then they they brought in JV boys soccer. You mm-hmm. know, like a lot of JV sports that weren't in existence, mm-hmm. um, they introduced. And even for two athletic trainers, they were getting spread thin. Yes. So, so that's why it's um, if you want to give quality mm-hmm. athletic healthcare, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to need the personnel. I mean, as our program grows at Kamehameha, even for a staff of five full-time athletic trainers, yeah. we still get spread thin. Yes. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge program. It's very data-driven, yeah. you know. I mean, so, yeah. I mean, at least now, like I said, everything is on the computer. You just, you know, yeah. <laughs> put, you know, define your fields and then you, you get your number, you know, you just yeah. spreadsheet everything out and then yeah. it's easier to work with. But Yeah. No, those are, I mean, even in my career, you know, like at UH, we're still doing pencil paper sign in sheet right and then i think it was only after i came back home after you know the nfl experience that they started just getting into like digital sign in mm-hmm. and stuff and when i saw that i was like oh this is this would have made a big difference exactly. you know? we, yeah. yeah but all of those things i think the the growth of the profession the evolution of the profession is just evolving so quickly mm-hmm. that it's allowing us to do more yeah. and help the kids or the students more mm-hmm. so that they can focus on you know all of the things that they have to do now when you kind of think about those lines and you can share if you have any thoughts of like how far it's come in the past you know 20 30 years even because like we said a lot of you know our mentors that have really pushed legislation and having to work hard to get all of these opportunities open but also evolving the field right um, and we'll touch on in a little while, you know, like you getting into Hata mm-hmm. and all of that leadership roles. But think about how how far it's come since even early 2000s, mm-hmm. right? And then share a little bit as to where you think this is going to head. Like, where is the athletic training profession going? And what are some of the exciting things that we can look forward to or that all of us as athletic trainers need to kind of help contribute towards? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tough question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, as far as the the early phases, I think when I start when I got into the profession, it was it was on on the rise. Yep. You know, I mean, uh, from if you look at our our hot, at our Hata website, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of chronicled. You know, as yeah. far as you know, where the, the meager beginnings where they met at um, I don't know if it was Punahou Athletic Training or you know, yeah. And it, I think Cindy, it's funny. She said she was the secretary because she was the only one with a computer. You know, so it's just kind of that, that's how you know people kind of fell into their positions uh-huh. to where we are now, where we have you know, I mean, you take away this, take away the, the pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, the, the symposium we're you know, looking at over you know, 100 attendees in person. Yeah. Um, we bring in some some top speakers, you know, mm-hmm. just trying to you go back to the whole resources thing, yeah. If we want to keep up with, with the mainland, we got to bring in some of the mainland, you know the the concepts that are you know yes. that are you know mainland driven concepts or whatever you want you know, want our kids to compete with mainland kids and it, it just it comes back to networking where we have different people in different settings mm-hmm. who have different connections you know on the mainland and a lot of people that we bring in to speak are, are some of the the top minds in that in that, in that particular field and like you've spoken <laughs> and, and i mean at our symposium and and that was outstanding i mean i think we had attended the same some of the same lab, yes. labs Yep. in the NAT and, and we, I think we kind of have the same thoughts on where uh-huh. you know where, where rehab and and, yes. and and training should go and I think that that's that's the exciting part is when um, you see different rehab has, has evolved oh, as yeah. well I mean it's like you know you want to rehab somebody's let's say the rotator cuff rehab you, you know it's not just the rubber band <laughs> yeah. you know just internal external rotation there's yes. so much more you know you're involving you know more planes of movement uh-huh. um, and like even with, with social media I mean there's you know your account there there's there's different accounts that i follow mm-hmm. that that help with you know keeping us kind of not in tune but more up to date yeah you know with yeah. with with current mm-hmm. rehab trends so when when i introduce some of these new concepts to either we learn it at at a, at a conference or even i see it on on an instagram post <laughs> yeah. i'm like oh this is you know I, like i'll try it myself and see okay this mm-hmm. you know I, you, you think of the kids that, that you can apply to yes so i think technology has clearly mm-hmm made an impact made a huge impact on yeah. on how we do things and and, and how we learn things mm-hmm. I, I i have no idea where it, where it's going i mean it's just yeah i mean it's it, it's funny to think that where i am now mm-hmm. i mean age wise and, and where how far i am i mean i, I still feel like I, i'm kind of young yeah 21 21 <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i mean I, you, you stop and think about how long you know i've been in the profession and 
a while. I am kind of kind of the old timers. I mean, I, I have a, a colleague who's retired from San Luis Obispo, and we're social media friends. And then I'll post things, and he said he'll he'll comment that you realize you're one of the old timers. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm in denial. You know, I just, yeah. there's no way I can't. Yeah. You know. yeah, no, there's a lot of, and then it's crazy how fast time flies. I think, oh, yeah. but even we'll touch on that too. Like, you know, NATA, the National Athletic Training Convention or Symposium. I think that's a huge way, not only to network, but mm-hmm. where you get to see, stay up to date, right? Yep. Even for myself, it's like making it out to these conferences. Well, now it's more for like academics too, but mm-hmm. also just making it out as a practitioner. That's where I grabbed all of these, you know, different philosophies. Yeah. You get exposure and direction to, well, let's head this way, right? With future direction. But I liked what you said because technology, this can both be a positive and negative. So I think you got to be smart with yep. it, but technology I think that has leveled the playing field mm-hmm. a lot because now we're stuck in the Pacific Ocean. We don't necessarily need to be physically mm-hmm. there or, you know, like even phone call, you can't really do too much. But when you have like Zoom, yeah. audio, visual, uh, video, you have all of these other resources, right, mm-hmm. that are online now. For me, that's when really things started to, you get to really get exposed, mm-hmm. I guess, to everything that's going on out there. And not only in the U.S., this is like around the world oh, yeah. too, right? The, the drawback is that, you know, you can't take everything like mm-hmm. out of context yeah. and apply it. Right. But I think the exposure for our field and profession that also carries over to any other profession. But the athletes, too, mm-hmm. they get to see, you know, like competition clips. They mm-hmm. get to see like, oh, this is what they're doing. Right. And again, it's using this information to your advantage so mm-hmm. that you can keep up with the time, stay yeah. up to date. But it, it will be interesting because I I truly think like 10 years from now it's going to be completely different. Like things that we're doing today will probably be yeah. like obsolete. And then 10 years from now, who knows what kinds of things yeah. we're doing. And then now. that's why I, I can't, I can't even fathom where we'd be yeah. in 10 years. It's just where, where we've been 10 years ago and versus where we are now, you know, it's just, yeah. it's, it's amazing. And then I guess that'd be the silver lining to the pandemic is everybody's <laughs> meeting through zoom, you yes. know, like, like for our, for Kamehameha, we have a tri-campus, you know, athletic mm-hmm. trainer meeting. It wasn't until the pandemic when we all got, you know, a lot closer yeah. because we're meeting, you know, almost weekly and, and you, you know, we, we connect with our, our coworkers on, on the neighbor islands. But yeah, I mean, it just, everything is so much more, everybody's so much more accessible. Yes. My, my hot meetings, you know, our, our executive committee meetings are all Zoom now. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's easy. I can just, oh, are you guys available? Let's, let's, can we meet in 10 minutes? You know, versus, yeah. you know, I, before it was, you know, okay, we'll meet in Kamehameha, I'll, I'll pick up breakfast, I'll do this, I'll do that. Yeah. Now it's, it's a lot cheaper for them. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, yeah, in 10 years, it, it's, it's hard yeah, to imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, the athletic training profession, and we'll kind of end on these ideas. But obviously, you're the president for the Hata Association, right? Hawaii Athletic Trainers Association. And you guys always do a great job, you know, putting on all these events. I think one of the big things, too, is that because we're out here, right, it's important, like CU events mm-hmm. or any type of thing, networking, even networking within our community. I think it's so close-knit. Obviously, pandemic has kind of threw a wrinkle into some of the activities that we would usually do. But overall, I don't, I can't speak for how it's like on other in other districts and stuff, but the Hawaii athletic trainers uh, community is very, very close-knit. Even mm-hmm. when we go up to these conventions, right? Yeah. There's always like, you know, socials or mm-hmm. things that we do um, and network and we get to talk to people that we don't get to, right. you know, like throughout the year, everyone's so busy, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of our one time to connect with each other again Mm -hmm. but talk about one what what it's like on this community or local level in athletic trainers association Mm -hmm. and then also whatever you want to share about you know the mainland regional fata conventions or um, nata conventions how important is that to our profession young professionals Mm -hmm. too right was with regards to hata it's we've been trying to push events mm-hmm. um and and obviously you know, like like we said the pandemic has definitely put a wrinkle in, in things mm-hmm. um we've had some virtual events that um we had you know a, a relatively small following compared mm-hmm. to our, our in-person events mm-hmm. a lot of it was was kind of covid based yeah Be, um we have one in the talks probably for early june i would i would have loved to have gone back to in person but but the way the state is you know our state is a little bit behind as far as opening up restrictions, and, and understandably so, because you know we're we're an island, you know we're, yep. we have limited resources, mm-hmm. um, and we don't know where you know 
the pandemic yeah. is going to take yes. us. You know, the numbers dropping, and they, you know, they. Mm-hmm. But as far as the um, district and and NATA, I know those are going to be in person, mm-hmm. but they're. I think well, I think district is, is not as scaled down as NATA. NATA mm-hmm. will be in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of events that they usually have that they won't have um, just because of you know gatherings yeah. and, and whatnot. So it won't be the same experience that that we're used to. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because you know with our students that come through the program, you know we always push. You know if you, if you can, you got to make it out to a national conference. Yes. You know, before the pandemic, it was like, you got to make it out to a national conference. You know you network. The, the expo, the exhibits, yep. you know, you see what's new on the market. And, and there's, it's funny because like for, for even, even for you, you're, you're kind of a veteran. Um, but when, when there's some of these products that come out, it's like, yeah. really? You know, I mean, it's, it's there are some, some, some products that come out like, okay, why didn't I think of this? But yeah. other products are like, okay, that, that's pretty creative. But yeah, I don't know if I'd, you yeah. know, put money. Into, but yeah, I mean, just, just to stay up on what's new um, product wise and then, you know, concept wise. Mm-hmm. And then to not have, and then that's the other thing with, with, with our symposium, because we're going to be, we're, we're going to plan a virtual symposium for this summer. Mm-hmm. And in person, because of the, the hands-on aspect that, that we don't have, you know, that, that's, that's yeah. what we miss. And then, you know, just, just a physical interaction. Yeah. You know, hopefully we can get back to normal. I'll, I'll have been, my, my term will be up by then. <laughs> so I can. <laughs> I can't believe it's been that fast. It's, it's been, yeah. So I'm, I'm on the, 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 the last year of my, my second term. So it's my fourth year. And I'm not lazy. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. because because you know the pandemic took up two years of my four, you know it, it kind of made it a little easier as far as you know um, events and whatnot. But but I, I you know mm-hmm. we understand the need for CEUs, and and we're trying to promote mm-hmm. um, events whether it be virtual or it, be, you know, it will be virtual. But um, I am in contact with our our CEU committee, our mm-hmm. our um, our symposium committee. We'll have something for the membership. Yeah, I mean uh, it's it's just the the pandemic had its its, its yeah. pros and cons you know yeah. so yeah i i agree and you know everyone's looking for everything to get back in person but until then it's good that we're adapting and adjusting yeah. with all the virtual stuff mm-hmm. and i think nata someone told me that that is even going to have a virtual option too mm-hmm. so you know it makes it easier especially for us out here if you yeah. can't physically make it although it's the same price i think or i believe mm-hmm. It's still something that you can get exposed to a lot of things that it's definitely worth the cost and definitely helps you in your career, whatever setting you're at. You'll find Mm -hmm. all these topics that will pertain to what you're doing now. But it's it's good to hear kind of, you know, the evolution of Hata, NATA and stuff. And I'll just share a little bit about my opinion, like NATA too, like if you go and you see these exhibits, you can contact a lot of people. I've talked to a lot of people too that has helped me in my positions that I can easily send an email or call them or do something like that that you know you won't really have the opportunity if you never ever meet them in mm-hmm. person or go to these events right mm-hmm. the expo is great you know um i'm sure that all of you guys laugh at me every time because i'm the one that's trying everything no, that's... I, i've been in the middle playing spike ball you know <laughs> <laughs> and then people are like what are you doing you know but anyway it's it's a good way to interact and network yep. and i think for the people that haven't you know like young professionals that haven't made it out to one mm-hmm. It's definitely worth it, I think. You can use a lot of this as positives to your advantage if you're looking for future job opportunities Mm -hmm. or even just whatever you're doing right now, how to improve on some of those concepts, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I I think being from a rock in the middle of the Pacific, when when we attend those conferences, you know, I'll go up with with Mac Nuts, chocolate Mac Nuts, and and I'll hit up our, you know, the vendors that we, you know, vendors, speakers, whatnot, and... Mm -hmm. They clearly look forward to it. I mean, and, and they, they, you know, their their coworkers that see somebody's coming in with with some some Hawaii, you know, some Hawaiian yes. host. It's it's oh, you know, you see that you know, they they get the crowd like, well, what you got there? What yeah. you got there? So, I mean, it's but just I mean that that kind of networking, I think, is what helps put Hawaii on the map. You know, it, yep. we get a little bit extra service. I think you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's something that that I think it makes Hawaii unique. And then you like even like our our Hawaii social. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's not just Hawaii people. It, yeah. it's, it's a hot ticket. Yeah, at the national conferences, it's it's yes. a pretty hot ticket. The people that have been to our social before, yeah. you know, when they see us, they're, okay, when when's you guys? When's, you know, the, when's the party? When's the social? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and that's a credit to to Ben, you know, Joven and, yes. and our previous um, social committee chairs. But yeah, I mean, it's you know, you, you put on, you gotta outdo yourself. You, yeah. know, you can't. Man, it's crazy to think. So the last social was, or the last NAT we all attended was twenty nineteen, right? Vegas, right? I think it was in yeah, Vegas. Yeah, Vegas. 
Was yeah. that 2019? Yeah, it had to be. 2020. Yeah, because 2020 summer yeah. was, was already... It was already... During yeah. pandemic. It's crazy to think that it's been that far. So, yeah, you know, when everything opens up and everything yeah. gets back to normal, looking forward to connecting and yeah. networking with everyone again. Lastly, you know, through your Hata profession, or I mean your presidency uh, uh, with Hata, right? What are some of the things that you've learned about you know the hawaii community or learned about this leadership role or anything that you can share because it's all this volunteer work that Mm -hmm. helps to perpetuate growing the profession right Mm -hmm. and then like you said all of you guys that have put in so much time you know we need to continue that we need to build Mm -hmm. off of that so what was anything you want to share like the experience some of the takeaways and what do you think other athletic trainers need to do to help keep this forward progression for myself when um so I started off as I mean in in its er, in my early in, in my youth uh-huh. I was a, a co-chair for the student trainer workshop student athletic trainer workshop okay. um, and that's kind of how I got my my feet wet with with, uh-huh. with Hata and then a few years later I was nominated for secretary I got that I think I did two terms as vice president and then there was like a going into the end of my my, my vice presidency people were saying okay I I, I think you're going to get nominated I'm like well I don't, I don't know if I I want it I don't know if I'm ready. Yeah. I, I told my wife, actually, I said, okay, if anybody nominates me, except if it's Eric or Cindy Clivio, yeah. if it's the two of them, I'll have to accept. But if anybody else nominates me, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to decline. Yeah. And then sure enough, the day the nomination is open, Cindy approaches me at my desk and she says, well, you know, the nominations are open. I said, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, so, <laughs> yeah. so I knew where she was going. She, so I, you know, I got nominated by her. So uh-huh. I accepted. And I, I joke that, um, you know, the first 20 people that they asked turned it down. So... <laughs> So, so, so we know that's not true though but yeah <laughs> but, but yeah I, I think for me it was making sure that the committee mm-hmm. was was a was a group of people that that you know i, I could work with that i could trust because mm-hmm. I, I i like to delegate yeah you know um i mean i think uh you're, you're only as good as uh the people you're surrounded with so so i we had you know there's a, a group of people that we had on committee and we kind of switched roles to a certain extent we brought in some new people some mm-hmm. some new blood um, and that's kind of where we are now is that we're trying to, you know, in my last um, exec board meeting, mm-hmm. my big thing is, okay, who's next? Because yeah. my term is up and, you know, I don't know who on the committee now mm-hmm. is, is interested in yeah. serving. Um, I want to thank you for stepping up, you know, trying, trying to <laughs> t- take on a committee. So, I mean, we're, we're definitely looking for, mm-hmm. for people to, to chair committees. Mm-hmm. Um, we're slowly filling spots, but yeah, it's, um, if I didn't think I have the time, I mean, I, I have through the, through the four years, um, this was was my, my my younger daughter. She's in her senior year, so it's mm-hmm. funny that my fourth my final year is during her, her senior yeah. year. So I'm trying to, you know, I have you know my personal you know tr- trying to get her ready for graduation. My my older daughter is mm-hmm. she she's away at college, mm-hmm. so just things going on in my my, my personal life that I'd kind of like to focus on. But mm-hmm. it's about balancing and yeah. balancing the time. Mm-hmm. So if you think you don't have time, you know, yeah. you try to make the time. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's. Because if, if, if it's not me, then, then who, you know? Yep. So, I mean, exactly. it's... Is that something that you always enjoyed, I should say, serving in these leadership roles? Not, not, not exactly enjoy. I mean, yeah. I, sometimes I, I kind of, I want to say I thrive on the pressure. Okay. You know, like, um, I, I'm still learning the whole um, parliamentary process. Uh-huh. You know, when, like when I run meetings and I'm, I'm, I'm asking the former, you know, yeah. HATA members, you know, that, that were in you know, on, uh-huh. on the executive committee, like, okay, so what's the wording you know it's, <laughs> yeah. it's so it's so technical i'm like yes. okay you know, it's, yeah um it, it's it's fun to kind of watch like like the symposium that you spoke at mm-hmm. i think at commitment i think that might have been our last in-person symposium that as might well. have been actually yeah. yes yeah um you know just just you know the whole planning process and then you know mm-hmm. i, I kind of stressed over because you know cindy and i had um coordinated that that venue mm-hmm. um just watching it kind of you know you know yeah. watch the event happen and stuff even, even virtually watch you know the meetings that that go into the meetings and prep that go into an event yeah. and then once it's all done it's just kind of okay now i can exhale and I think, okay i think it was that was that was yeah. a success you know so and then hearing yeah i, I don't want to i like i said i like to delegate i don't want to micromanage so mm-hmm. we have national athletic training month coming up mm-hmm. um so i have our pr committee yeah. our public relations committee which is cindy cindy shimoda and then and ben who's our social committee chair mm-hmm. i kind of let them run with run with yeah. events and yeah, I just, like I said, just try to surround myself with people that I can trust. And, yeah. and then the, the, the association kind of runs itself you <laughs> yeah. know, to a certain extent. But. 
No, it's it's exciting. All of the things that have been put together, all of these workshops and even socials or just networking. And I do want to say, you probably know the ballpark number, but how many athletic trainers are part of Hot to Know? I want to say upwards of 300 something. It's, right? I think it's close to 300. Yeah, close um, to 300. Yeah. So that's, you know, there's a lot of athletic trainers. And, you know, if anyone listens to this, that's like GAs, you know, coming from the mainland to UAH or, you know, even coming here for a job opportunity or whatever, join Hata because mm-hmm. it's a good place to, like you said, the resources, right? Mm-hmm. If you're on a away game or if you need some resources, right? There's a lot of people that's willing to help, I think, yeah. in the community. So it's a great thing that... You know, Hata has always grown. It's grown since I joined, probably, mm-hmm. but it's always been a strong, strong knit community. That there's a lot of things beyond just you know being a member that you can benefit from. So yeah, but overall, I mean, the last thing I'll leave you with is: Do you have any last words for? Can either be athletic training students or even your athletes. You know, is there any last words that you have? And it is Athletic Trainers Month, so maybe like even appreciating your athletic trainer because they do a lot you know behind the scenes that oftentimes don't get seen right so yeah yeah Yeah. i mean it is a thankless job um (laughs) we don't get into this job you know we don't we don't do this for the for the recognition um but when you do get recognized it's it's awesome i remember john conrad i don't know if you saw after lahaina luna had won the state championship in wrestling there was a picture of his team carrying him he had the trophy and they're carrying him i think that uh-huh. that's awesome i mean just just those moments that mm-hmm. that make it you know extra special i had a moment at, at state wrestling i had an athlete who made it to the state final mm-hmm. in his weight class and um he had battled injuries through the through his through his season he was a football player and then um before his match he told me hey reed we made it i'm yeah. like no right you made it you know but yeah. it was just like those moments that yeah definitely you know NAT, well, National Athletic Training Month, you know, mm-hmm. show your athletic trainer some aloha. I think the, the theme this year is providing healthcare everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're in the middle of the Pacific, so I mean, yes. we're, we're catching that. So, I mean, I think that's, that's a key message there. Yeah. I mean, awesome message. And yeah, like there's a lot of things that just show some appreciation, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't think any athletic trainer expects it, but, you know, they're definitely, it makes them continue to do all the things that they're doing and you know keep progressing forward and come in athletes when you uh win win any championships and go find reed and pick them <laughs> up yeah can take a shot for a star advertiser yeah. yeah but anyway um no it was good to catch up and hear the story you know i like learning the path of everybody and then how it's evolved especially you know in the hawaii community with athletic training so we'll have to catch up again oh, sooner yeah. and um share some more of these stories but overall i mean thanks so much for joining me today and thanks for coming on thank you bro